Hello, everybody. Welcome to Between the Scares, a podcast that looks at every movie uh, done by Bloomhouse Productions. I am your host, Jason Soto, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lisa Leahy. How are you today, Jason? Hey, I'm good. How are you, Lisa? I'm hanging in. It's a Tuesday that feels more like it's been a week already, but you know. <laughs> yes, we, we, we have to keep telling ourselves it's Tuesday because we had a holiday yesterday and uh, it doesn't feel like a Tuesday. It feels like a Monday. We're going backwards. <laughs> Tomorrow, we don't need any extra Mondays in the week. Tomorrow's going to feel like uh, Tuesday and it's just going to yep. be ever growing like that. <laughs> Uh, okay, so this is our second episode. If you don't know what's going on or what we're doing, I suggest you go look uh, for our first episode. We explained the premise, what we're doing, what our little project, our goal is here. And uh, the first episode was pretty well received, I thought. Uh, despite I think so. d- Despite us doing a non-typical Bloomhouse <laughs> production film. Uh. But uh, today, we're definitely, definitely doing a non-typical... Uh, Bloomhouse film. Um, so interestingly enough, apparently he did not know, and by he I mean Jason Bloom, the founder of Bloomhouse Productions, did not seem to know what uh, he wanted to do with his production studio. Apparently, he was just like, "Let's do a romantic drama." No, I want to do this weird film based on a play, stage play, and. <laughs> It's maybe supports communism. I don't know. We'll get into it. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, as always, I like to share the trailer. So uh, I like to kind of watch it before I watch the movie and then after I watch the movie to kind of get like a um, a vibe to see what, how the vibe's any different. So here is the trailer for The Fever from 2004. Something started happening to me a year or so ago. I started to notice certain things which I wouldn't have noticed before. The life I lead is irredeemably corrupt. It has no justification. My sympathy for the poor does not change the life of the poor. Why do you want to know so much about me? Because I want to know if I can trust you or not. The fever. Oh God, that's awful! <laughs> oh my goodness! So anyone who who's new, I do this thing where I don't watch the trailer ever anymore before the film. I usually watch it after, and I forgot to go back and watch this after. So now that I'm hearing that, that is n- in no shape what this movie is. Right? Like it? Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. Right. So first off, it comes off as a like a like a made for HBO movie and it turns out it is a yeah, made for yeah. a HBO movie. Uh so this is starring Vanessa Redgrave has Woman. The unnamed woman, yes. And no, the credits just say Woman. Yeah. Not even and unnamed woman, just interestingly woman. Interestingly enough, so you've got this this film based on a stage play as you said, mm-hmm. written by uh Wallace Shawn. Mhm. Inconceivable. Yes, how he wrote very. A play. Apparently, he's written a few. Yeah, I can kind of see that. I kind of, I can see him writing some plays. He seems like the he's, type. He's got an intellect. Exactly. Um, and he performed it originally. Oh, was he the man? 
Yes. So <laughs> oh, it okay. Was, he was man. You oh. know, like he was. So he was the narrator on stage. Okay. So I find it interesting that a decision was made, um, and I don't know the background of the decision, yeah. to instead cast Vanessa Redgrave in this particular role. Right, exactly. The only thing I know is Vanessa Redgrave ended up producing it, mm-hmm. and so I wonder if that has something to do with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe she's a massive fan of the, the stage play. Who knows? It, it very well could be, yes. So, okay, this movie confused the fuck out of me because I did not know what the hell I was trying to say. I felt like they were saying multiple things at the same time. This is either a movie that's for communism or against communism. I can't really tell. Uh, It seems to deal with some class struggles. Um, And uh, they use very general terms for everything. Like, you know, like the cast is is woman, the war reporter, the the, the, the woman in the church, like, like the, violinist, the yeah. violinist. Yeah, like there's I don't think they even named the country that she went to. It was just a war torn country uh, that had a uh, uprising and uh, but parts of it still pretty shitty. And uh, the whole movie is very much narrated by Vanessa Redgrave from the start, the instant it starts, to the instant it ends. She is just talking nonstop. So well, that's I mean, a, it is a play. But that's because that's a sign <laughs> that this was based on a play. Yes, absolutely. But not every play that gets turned into a movie necessarily has to just be one person yammering for like an hour and a half you know they could they could take breaks they could cut away they can add some things like this really literally feels like they just took the script for the play put it into the movie and then they just read their lines yeah i would agree with that that's just what it felt like um so okay were you equally as confused as i was about everything that was happening or was it just me um, I, I don't sit here and, you know, claim to be this, you know, brilliant intellectual who understands every last motivation behind it. Um, but I will say, um, being an educator, being someone who teaches literature and drama, mm-hmm. I looked into this and said, okay, what is it we're trying to say? When I'm looking at something that's this out of the box. I'm going to say out of the box instead of strange or odd. Um, (laughs) But it is all of these things. When I'm looking at something this out of the box, I start going, all right, what, what is it that's actually being said here? Like, what is, what are we doing with this? So with my students, I'm always talking about the, so what, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't want you to just tell me what happens. I want you to tell me why. Right. Like what are the decisions an author made to have a character do X or Y or to say this thing or that thing? And so when I couldn't really figure out what was going on, I started to wonder why it was going on. (laughs) And so this is sort of where I've been going with this. So I would argue, no, this isn't a film either in favor of or against communism. Okay. Um, I think what's going on here is a little, well, I think the intention, because I don't think it's super successful. Let's put that out there. Okay. I I think the intention here is indeed to get us to think. I think it's one of those texts, I'm going to say, because I don't want to keep going movie play, but 
it's 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 something where it's trying to be provocative. It certainly is provocative, not quite in a shocking kind of way that most things might be. For example, like um, like a mother or like uh, basically anything Aronofsky has ever done, Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> you know these things that you would yeah. never sit and watch with your you know grandmother. Oh yeah. Um, but this definitely pokes at you and challenges you. Yeah. But again, I don't know if it's the kind of thing that I would say, hey, you should watch this. It, I don't know that I'd say it's the good kind of challenge or the productive I don't, challenge. I don't even know who this is for. Like, who is this, who's this aimed at? Like, is this supposed to, like, is this aimed at middle class people made to feel bad about the poor? Is it aimed at, like, poor people saying, hey, this is how upper class people feel about you? Like, what is the point of everything? Like, what was all the... Like, why did I waste an hour and 24 minutes of my life watching Vanessa Redgrave have a freak out in a bathroom in some country that's unnamed? <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty much what it is. I mean, IMDb describes it as... Um, it tells the story of a woman who gets involved in politics with no previous contact with world events. I don't know if that I call That does that. not describe this thing. <laughs> I wouldn't call what she did getting involved into politics. No. Although, I find it hilarious that she just randomly shows up to these countries and then is like, hey, let me go to the police department and poke around and find out about murders. <laughs> and they let her do it. Like, she goes and goes into this building, and she speaks with this official who is sharing information with her, and then she goes to another office, and that individual shares more information with her. Yeah. So, I mean, there's certain elements here where she has a lot of uh, privilege. Totally. She has a 100%. lot of ability here. Yes, 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 definitely yes. And then, like, this was all spurned because... Someone left a Karl Marx book on her porch, mm-hmm. and she started reading it, and much like how probably I would act if I started reading a Karl Marx book, was confused by it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm kind of impressed she read it, because, you know, somebody leaves a book on my my doorstep, I might be inclined to look at it, but I'm sorry, something that's about, like, political theory and governmental yeah. ideas, I am not apt to read that um especially since she said she started reading it and was incredibly confused yeah there's a threshold to how much you're going to give in to something before you just say all right yeah. i think i'm done with this yeah. however i will say you and i have both gone past that threshold because we did finish this movie despite <laughs> having exactly the same reaction yes yeah it was like the 20 minute mark when i was like there's no real plot to this it's just her doing stuff and feeling bad about being kind of rich like she's not like jeff bezos bill gates rich she's like in that comfortable has a decent job making a career lives in a nice house Mm -hmm. uh she apparently lives alone she was married got divorced she might have some kids who the fuck knows where they are uh (laughs) and she's just like oh then she just feels bad about poor people in a random war-torn country like half a world away it's like you know i i I don't know i don't know i don't know what the fuck i was watching (laughs) (laughs) 
So, I mean, we should probably at least orient what we're yeah. actually doing here. So you've got this, <clears throat> and you're right, you've got this film, and it starts off with this woman who wakes up. She doesn't feel well. Um, she goes to the bathroom, and she's kind of, like, writhing on the floor in discomfort. <laughs> yeah, she gets sick. She says, I'm traveling. Something's wrong. I don't feel right. Um, she's in this war-torn country, as you said. She's on this cold bathroom floor. She can't stand up. This, you know, and she tells us that she thinks about her life and <coughs> all of the facts of her life could fit in a book that even she doesn't want to read. Yeah. Um, she tells us about her affluence. She tells us about her past. She does not have um, an upsetting childhood. She has a very good childhood. Her parents cared for her, gave her what she needed. And, you know, as she's going through her days, she likes the ballet. She likes performances. She likes good food and good restaurants. And one day, and this never really is answered, somebody leaves this Karl Marx book on her doorstep. She reads it. Never explained who gave this to her. Right. But it's the catalyst for this existential crisis of hers where she can't get out of this cycle where she's constantly thinking about class structure. Exactly what you said before. Yeah. And no matter who she speaks with, somebody brings her back to it. So she has a chance encounter with a woman at a bus stop. Uh, Let's yes. start there, right? Yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. And she admires this woman's earrings. And this woman says, oh, they were a gift. You know, I went to this village in this country, and it's very lovely. And, you know, the bus arrives, and their talk is cut short. And the woman says, here, take my earring. <laughs> yeah. You know? Okay. And so then she is at a party at a very, you know, affluent setting. Yeah, the violinist. Right. Well, she, this is the piano player. She's oh, piano player. Sorry. Piano you're right. Player. You're right. You're right. Yes. Sorry. And no, fine. And so like the party breaks up and as she's she's walking, she encounters him as they're waiting for a taxi. And lo and behold, this gentleman is from the same country yep. where that young woman got her earring and he encourages her to go check it out. He was part of the revolution. <laughs> he was. Come to find out. Yes. So she picks up from her job, takes two weeks off, and goes. And she just goes to this random country that was war-torn and had bombs and had a revolution, and now there's a new regime. And, hey, we're all nice and friendly, even though we're carrying machine guns in the airport. Oh, my God. And everything is <laughs> lovely. She goes through this market. She encounters some of these soldiers, I would guess, and asks them directions. Yeah. It's great. You get four different people pointing in four different directions. Yep. Um, and she buys a hat and she buys flowers and isn't this a lovely vacation? And then she meets with a newspaper journalist. So what I was started picking up here <laughs> is it, there's an element of anarchy here, which I found interesting because she only goes when somebody else spurs her to do it. Yes. She only, only if, if, if it's like a bunch of people recommend it to her right. and then she's like, yeah. And we, we need to not glaze over the fact that the war reporter was played oh by was played by Michael Moore. And yes, that Michael Moore. <laughs> That's exactly who, what I wrote down. I went, oh, it is actually that Michael Moore. And I don't have a problem with him. I know a lot of people do, and that's fine. 
I do enjoy his movies, but I never known for him to be an actor. No, so this he's is not. this is the first <laughs> time I've seen him act, and I thought he did decent. You know, like oh, it wasn't it wasn't an Oscar caliber performance. But, you know, he did what he had to do. And now this scene made me laugh because they kept talking about fucking ice cream for like 10 minutes straight. And they both kept, I swear, if you took a shot for every time they said the words ice cream, you would be like passed out on the floor. Because they just kept talking about milk and ice cream and like how they felt guilty about eating the ice cream because the milk was supposed to be for the kids in the village. But then the village is like, no, we have to give the milk to the hotel so they can make the ice cream so the people visiting the hotel can have the ice cream and they're giving us money tourist money so the money can go back into the the economy but right. now kids aren't having milk so they're just kind of this weird loop and yeah i don't know is it, it and then oh and then he t- tells her well go to this other you country. need to go to this other country because they're actually far worse right and i don't know if if i it even if, no matter if I'm a guy or a woman or whatever, if someone tells me, hey, go to this country, it's worse, I'm probably not going to do it. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. But, and maybe she's a better person than the two of us, but I don't know. But she ends up going, and like, and that's the other thing that I feel a little, this is a little unrealistic, is that like nothing happens to her. Right? Like, you know, you think in like a different type of a movie. It would be like she goes to this worst country and then like there's something she gets like robbed or she gets, you know, mugged or she gets mistaken for somebody and gets thrown into a prison. We'll get to the prison stuff later, but in a real prison (laughs) and like something terrible happens. But no, she just wanders into this country, talks to a cop who's like, yeah, so there's been this revolution and this was a picture of my friend who's a teacher and she got killed because she was against uh, the regime and then they killed her in the street and here's pictures of all the people who were killed out in the street and these cases are unsolved. Um, but uh, we know who did it and oh yeah, we're in a democracy but something happens to the person that's running against the president every time there's an election. So Right. <laughs> Like, so fun. I think it's 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 interesting because it's like it seemingly is random and kind of out there. And I think, you know, Michael Moore agreeing to be part of this, I think, gives us a hint towards some of the why, you know, like this is definitely part of a leftist sort of point of view, I think, um, because if it wasn't, Michael Moore would never have touched it. That's fair. Um, I guess you're right. I think right. you're being kind saying that he did a decent <laughs> job because Michael Moore was basically playing Michael Moore. Um, <laughs> subdued. I think somebody probably put something in the ice cream to calm him down a bit. But mm. um, And I don't have any problem with Michael Moore either. Michael Moore has his opinions and he's a documentarian and he does his thing. Right. Uh, but he can get really out of hand when he's um, inflamed about a particular topic. And yeah. I think this is right up his alley, and I'm surprised he was as calm as he was. Um, <laughs> but and then, I mean, then we have Angelina Jolie. Angelina as, Jolie shows up. Yes. So again, I mean, we have a certain cadre of people here, um, and she's you know a rebel, and she's woman in the church, and she left her own children with her parents because her sister 
was wrongly beaten to death mm-hmm. by the government and now she's part of the rebel group that's trying to overthrow them and you know so there are these patterns that we start seeing where this woman Vanessa Redgrave's character is talking to people and learning more about what's going on but it's all surface like yeah. she doesn't ever fully understand the situation and I don't think I can fault her for it (laughs) because it goes along this belief system where you know we only have our own perceptions of the world right so I'm going to get philosophical for a minute oh nice like we can only like for example I can never know what it's like to be male because I am not male um you know I am a cisgendered middle-aged white lady and so I can never know what it's like to be male. I can never know what it's like to be another race. All I can know is what I know, right? I can sympathize. I can talk to other people to learn what it's like for them. But I personally will never know because that is never going to be my experience. She is a fairly affluent and fairly might be a gentle way of putting it. (laughs) Um, You know, later middle-aged white lady who is going into these countries with a number of different races and some really suffering poor communities. And she just sails through them. Like you said, like she takes a taxi through a terrible, (laughs) like dilapidated village and she's gazing out the window. Like she's on a pleasure cruise. (laughs) Exactly. That shit cracked me up when she was doing that. I'm like, what are you doing? And I, you know what? I do think it was intentional. At one point, my husband joined me partway through the movie, and he was just like, what What are you watching? And I'm like, I honestly don't know. <laughs> and I was asking him, I'm like, is this satire? Because satire is meant to be funny. It takes the way things are, and it pokes at it in an exaggerated way to make it make you laugh. Nothing is really funny, but it's just like, it's such a hyperbolic thing that I can't put it into words. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm glad you were laughing because it was like, what is this? Well, you know, like, it was just like the ridiculousness of it all just made me laugh. Like, yeah, you know, because sometimes you you ever come across things that are so serious that it makes you laugh because. Yes. Yeah, this that's what this was. This entire movie was like that. This movie was so goddamn serious that it made me laugh at times because I did not know how I was supposed to feel. I was very uncomfortable the entire time. I did not know what to think. I was so confused by everything. And, you know, Vanessa Redgrave, there's a point where she starts talking to herself. And by yes. that, I mean... Literally, she, a duplication. There's, like, there's two Vanessa Redgraves on the screen, and they're having, like, a dialogue with each other. And, and by the way, the title of the movie is called The Fever. Yep. I never caught on to the fact that she was supposed to be having a fever this entire time until she said it at the end, where she's like, oh, my fever broke. And then I was like, oh... That's why it's called that, because she has a fever in this hotel in some country, and she's freaking the fuck out because of poor people and trying to get gifts for kids that she dreamt about, and her neighbor Jean, who fucks some dude, and Vanessa Redgrave fucks some dude, and... (laughs) 
<laughs> she just freaks and out. She just like abandoned him. Yeah, I yeah. think that the fever, I think there's this element of using the fever as this kind of metaphor for her realization. You know, like, so you have this element where you have a fever where you're in agony <clears throat> and you're, you're uncomfortable and it pushes you and then something breaks. Right, like the fever breaks. Right. And it's when her fever breaks where she comes to a conclusion about her status, about her existence, and sort of about how she's going to move forward. It's kind of like her fever, her, her obsession, is this torment she feels, this guilt she feels, because she is not poor, because she does not know what it means to be poor, and because she has things that other people cannot, will not. Right. And it's sort of like this is the torment she goes through to these weird extremes, like you said, where it is comical, where you're like, what on earth am I looking at? <laughs> yeah. And I think this is Wallace Shawn. This is where I start getting into the why. This is where I think Wallace Shawn is really just pushing it so far where this is his intention to make us as uncomfortable as she is, to make us go, <clears throat> what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. For the purposes of actually looking at things in the world and going, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and again, as much as I can sort of postulate that this is what he's doing, I don't think, I think this is me as an English teacher, and there's lots of memes out there about the English teacher says the curtains were blue because it represented the dire <laughs> melancholic state in which the character lives, and then it's like, author, the fucking the curtains, curtains were blue. Were blue. <laughs> um, yes, I've seen those. So, but I, I mean, I do think that I have that tendency, but then I do also <clears throat> always go to the why. I think Wallace Shawn is trying to get people to feel uncomfortable, trying to get people to look at their situation, and yes, feel uncomfortable. Does he want us to solve the problem? No. Does he want us to be aware of the problem in the chance that we might do a something small to help try and fix the problem maybe because maybe if we all did something small it might help it also yeah. may do fuck all and nothing might change and who knows um but again when you make people uncomfortable when you challenge people there needs to be an outcome i think mm -hmm. you know it's like a productive <clears throat> struggle like when you did math when i did math I struggled with it, but eventually, yeah, I don't know, six times out of ten, I came out the other side with the correct answer, and I felt I had learned something. I do not think there's a productive struggle here, because I don't think we get anything out of the end of it, except guilt, discomfort, and what the fuck was I just watching. Yes. Now, when I created, <laughs> when I created this podcast, I did not think we would be doing any of this. I was like, we're going to watch stupid horror movies. Nope, we're watching a midlife crisis about economic struggles and war-torn countries. And and should we eat the rich? Like, <laughs> that was the other thing about the movie, too, is I wasn't sure what they wanted to say about rich people. Because it felt yeah. like they were trying to say, rich people have too much money, so they should give it to poor people. But then they also went around and made the point of saying, no... It's your money. You should do what you want, and you shouldn't have to give it to poor people. Mm -hmm. And then there was a point in the movie where they literally were like, 
okay, we need poor people in the world because they're the ones who's going to work in the fields and pick the tomatoes and make your clothes and do all the stuff that you person living in a three-bedroom story house in suburbia aren't going to fucking do. So someone has to do that shit. So I was like, what are you trying to say? Like, what do you want me to do, Vanessa Redgrave? Do you want me to give my entire money to Ethiopia? Like, what the fuck do you want me to do? You're absolutely right. And I never got an answer. (laughs) I don't think you're supposed to, which is about as friggin' frustrating as it gets. My mother hates those movies. Mm, You know, my students hate those movies. People (laughs) don't like ambiguity. They want to be told, here's the answer, what do we think? And this is super common. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, You've got this film, and I think this is wonderfully ironic, by the way, that all we did was bitch about how simple and basic the other film was, and now we get something (laughs) that challenges us and we're bitching again. (laughs) Because we don't... it, it it's it's too much of one way or the other. Like we have not had a medium yet. Like yes. it, it's there's been no happy medium yet, and we don't know what the fuck is happening. And the I gotta say, this dude's early producing career is really fucking weird. It's like an art. It's like a film student. This is a film student's like final project or something. Yeah, or some something. Yeah. Some existential, philosophical, where do I fit in the world kind of project. And I love that you were just like, we've gone from one extreme to the other. Because that's exactly what she does in this movie. Yes. Right? She goes from one extreme with, I'm going to save everyone. I'm going to go here and donate money. And then she goes to the other extreme where she says, fuck the poor people. We're not going to do anything for them because they need to do stuff for us. Because, damn it, I like this coat. Yes. It's friggin' strange. And I really do think this is Wallace Shawn's attempt to, you know, like Jonathan Swift wrote a modest proposal Mm -hmm. for the Irish famine and said, you know how we're going to fix this? We have population problems. We've got people who are starving. There's too many babies. Let's eat the babies. And not (laughs) only will we deal with the famine, we'll deal with the population problem. And people went bullshit, but they were like, why would you say such a thing? And he's like, ha, didn't mean it. Use your brain. You know, like, interesting. (laughs) And it's that kind of thing I think that's happening here. Like, let's go as far out as possible and then go, all right, that's just dumb. What's realistic? What's sensible that we can do? And I think that's what we're trying to get at here. But again, not really successful. I read a, a, a review of one of the performances of this play uh-huh. Um, from the New York Times. Okay. And it was one of the reviews of Wallace Shawn doing it himself. And the, <laughs> the review was kind of fascinating because he began the evening with a champagne reception. Whoa. And Wallace Shawn himself walking around chatting with people as they all drink champagne. And then, okay, let's sit down and watch a play. And then it's this play. <laughs> and at the end... Um, Oh, wait, I'm blurring together two reviews. I'm sorry, I'm blurring two reviews. So there's that situation, and the the New York Times reviewer thinks this could have been a good 35 minutes shorter. I think you would agree. I think I agree. When you've got somebody just talking at you for that long, it gets a little tedious. Oh, totally. I found another review where somebody said they saw this. And at the end, when everybody was getting up and gathering their things to leave, one person said to the other, so uh, do you want to go to Starbucks? 
and his person, the person with him, his companion, kind of sat there for a few moments and then was like, yeah, but said it in this really sad kind of way. Like, you can tell they felt bad about it, yet they were still going to go. You know, it's like this odd guilt. Yeah. It doesn't go anywhere. It's not productive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You didn't think you were coming to class today, did you, Jason? No, I I just <laughs> I just wanted to do a podcast about stupid horror movies. I didn't want to fucking do all this shit. God damn it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's not even it's not your fault. It is not your fault. I have I'm, to find meaning somewhere I'm, in this. I'm very grateful I'm doing this with a smart person because I probably would not have. I, yeah. Oh my god. Okay, we need to stop. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the prison scene? Okay, we can talk about the prison scene. Like the, the it's it's not even like a real prison. It's just basically this movie turned into like Pink Floyd's The Wall for like five minutes, <laughs> where she just like it like envisions herself like trapped in a self-made prison, and then th- this is where mainly. She talks to her other self that's just there in the cell with her, and then they just kind of argue back and forth about, about you know, all the poor stuff and the people, and should they do this and all this stuff. And there's that moment where, <sighs> like, she she's in this jail cell, and she's given the book that she didn't want to read from the beginning, right? The book of her life. Yes, and yes. And she's looking at it through new eyes. And she's got this whole thing about, like, the reason her parents have what they have is because their parents had what they had. And because of this and that. And then it was a whole thing about thieves coming and taking land over and the blood of the poor that was spilt. And then we come back to her. There are these wonderful animations in this film. I do want to give that some credit. Okay, yeah, the animation there parts were pretty weird cool. Little animations where I was kind of like, "That's kind of neat." That was pretty good. I will admit that. Yes, that was. I liked the break from having you know Vanessa Redgrave sitting and looking directly at me, breaking the fourth yes, wall. Yes, 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 yes. I was okay with that, but I kind of liked these animations. At least the first one. The second one was a lot more intense. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about this flood of the blood of the peasants, and we come back to her sitting in this prison cell, and she is covered in blood. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, not Kim Kardashian getting a blood facial or anything, but in a lot less of an enjoying kind of situation where she's sort of appalled. And then her other self, who, by the way, is much more put together. Oh, yes, yes, There's the disheveled, feverish Vanessa Redgrave, and then there's the collected hair back in a bun, clean Vanessa Redgrave, who seems to have all the answers and is basically telling herself, figure this shit out. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's back in the bathroom again, and it's like, oh, God, we're here again. Yeah. And then there are many cockroaches, which I was disappointed Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, you know what? Hey, I'm glad we got a little horror element into this, so. I guess. I guess that's Bloom saying, (laughs) maybe this would make this really good. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no no it was the opposite of way he he made these horrifying cockroaches he's like yeah i should maybe start dabbling at the horror movies maybe this is my calling <laughs> <laughs> yes all right do you have anything else to add because i have nothing i'm done because i i was just <laughs> i was fucking i was just bottom line i was confused i was a little angry uh i was just tired of being yelled at by vanessa redgrave 
and I was I just didn't know what the hell I was supposed to be doing with my life, and yeah. that's that that's that's all I got out of it. And that's the point. Like that's my my complaint here, that it's like so. you know if you want to say something, fine, but you have to consider your audience. And yes. if you're going to shut down your audience to the point where they just leave angry, you're not going to spur them to do anything. You know, like all they're going to do is go buy their Starbucks and then they're going to trash talk your play. Yes. Um, I feel like something here could have been done. I don't know how to make it better. This is why I'm more of a critic than a writer. Um, <laughs> but I just feel like uh, it just it missed the mark on this one. I'm a writer and I don't even know how the hell I would fix this. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, so All right. speaking of uh, evolving and changing our views on things. Yes. What's our next movie? All right. Well, you don't watch trailers, so I'm letting you know. This is a kind of a long trailer. It's a minute 54. All right. And, so I'm going to have to take my earbuds out. <laughs> and uh, it's... Uh, hang on. It looks like it's a doozy. Here we go. Oh, boy. By the time I finish the sentence, about seven people around the world will make a huge mistake. For instance, Trip Hansen was showing off his new penthouse office. A glass, four ply, bulletproof. Bullshit. They call them the Darwin Awards. Each year they give an award for the person who died in the most what are you doing? idiotic way. Walking the talk. Shit! Everybody's gotta have a hobby. For me, it was the Darwin Awards. I'm gonna pair you with a claims investigator, and she specializes in um, unusual cases. I'd say it was actually more of an obsession. Come to Papi. I just couldn't help trying to imagine what type of person it would take to meet such strange fates. He's stretching! Drop it! Max, drop it! Oh, I to get the feeling there's a whole other world out there. What, like Europe? As soon as you hear the ignition, start filming. You can go faster, baby. All as fast as you can, come on. If I'm gonna find a way to prevent these deaths, I have to know why they do it. You are so obsessed with these Darwin cases that you are actually becoming one. The Darwin Awards. You're not going to get in trouble. We're not going to be in trouble. We're going to be on TV. Okay. <laughs> All right. That looks way better than this fucking movie we just watched. <laughs> I am looking forward to that. All right. So, that is going to be our next movie. That should be coming probably sometime soon. I've been digging doing this with you so far. So This is fun. I'm definitely enjoying this. So, until you get sick of me, we will do this probably very often. <laughs> Vice versa. I mean, hey, at some point, at some point my philosophical teacherness may get on your nerves a bit, so... No, I actually quite enjoy it. I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad we have that into oh, this. Oh, thank you. I can't wait until we we use your teacherness when we get to like Ouija. Oh, I love that movie though. <laughs> I am excited about some of those because I, I, that's when that's when the teacher hat comes off 
and no, I just okay. like creepy shit. And it's like, <laughs> let's talk about why this is amazing. <laughs> um, exactly. Oh, absolutely. But until then, that's going to do it for this episode. Hey, this uh, this podcast is part of the Rabbit Hole Podcasts. Uh, you can check uh, this show and all the other shows in the Rabbit Hole Podcast lineup over at rabbitholepodcast.com. Uh, you can subscribe to us over on iTunes. Um, I almost said Instagram for some reason. Um, uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Apple, Google Podcasts, all the usual podcast place. And uh, I do another uh, podcast called Whatever with Jason Soto. It's a comedy podcast I host with my friend Mary. And Lisa shows up on the Lambcast periodically. I do, um, and I've also got something else cooking with uh, my yes. brother, who is just as much a movie nerd as I am, and that will be coming soon. That will be soon. So keep an eye out for what's coming. So, all right, until then, let's wrap this up. I'm Jason Soto. I'm Lisa Leahy. And we'll catch you next time. Copyright 2021 Rabbit Hole Podcast. Rabbit Hole Podcast.com.